The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Beauty. I am your host, Akila C. Thompson. I hope you all had a beauty-filled weekend. We are truly excited to be back on the air and a part of the W4CY Radio family. Yes, if this is your first time listening to our show, welcome. You can listen to our archive shows on our website, keepingitbeauty.com. So those listening to, listening for the first time might be wondering, like, what is Keeping It Beauty? Keeping It Beauty is a show for teens and young women to empower you to be beauty. We have redefined beauty and our acronym stands for a beautiful, extraordinary, ambitious, unlimited, talented, and young. Myself, along with a dynamic lineup of special guests and inc- and our incredible co-hosts who you'll meet soon will discuss anything and everything we can to help you elevate your dreams, your love, and your life. Are you up for that? Yeah, I can hear you. I know you're all saying yes. Before we jump into the show and bring on our guest for this evening, I want to introduce our fabulous co-host, Miss Monique Gunn-Cannon, who is a life coach, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and most importantly, a wonderful mom of, and a wife, a mom of two kids. So welcome, Monique. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Are you as excited as I am to be back? Heck yeah. And that beauty, yeah. <laughs> Bringing it back on air. We took a hiatus, but it's all right. I know. We, we did. We did. But I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really pumped for tonight. Because tonight, I mean, we're talking about something that is so dear to, I know, me and you taking a leap. Because yes. taking a leap is even how we got here with doing this Keeping It Beauty show. So I'm just really excited about uh, what we're doing. You know, this show is, is a platform and an opportunity for us to really put some positive energy out there. There's so much negativity going on in the world with you know the Paris attacks that recently happened and it just seems like we can't catch a break with just so many tragic things that have been happening in the world so hopefully we can be some light on the air to uplift people and help them start dreaming and help them elevate themselves in those dreams and in their love and in their life so let's transition to me into tonight's topic of taking leaps. I'm sure many of you listening may have a dream that may require you to take some significant leap or or some changes to make that dream become a reality. 
you know, some of you listening may have already taken a leap or, you know, you're in the early stages and know the fears and the struggles, but yet the triumphs that come with leaping into greatness and really going after what you feel your destiny is. So Monique and I, I mean, we don't... Uh, a little bit about this, but we really wanted to get the male perspective from an incredible mogul in the making, Mr. G. Off K. Cooper, who is the CEO of G. Off and Co. and editor in chief of G. Caribbean Magazine. And he's joining us this evening all the way from Trinidad and Tobago. Welcome, G. Off. Thank you very much. It's crazy here. <laughs> my name be called like that. Hi, Monique. <laughs> Hi, Gf. <laughs> How, How are you? Ladies? I am well. I am absolutely uh, well. And um, it's raining in Trinidad and Tobago right now. So Yeah, I was just good. about to ask, like, how is the weather? Because here, I mean, it's time for us to break out mean coats and stuff. It's like supposed to be 27 degrees tonight. How is the weather there, the, the actual it, it temperature? It is warm. It is also the rainy season in the Caribbean right now, um, which is about to end in probably like 15 days. So um, it's raining, but it's good <laughs> rain. Can you imagine warm rain? It's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 that, that, that's what the island's about. Yeah. Okay, well, don't right rub now. it in. Don't rub it in because right now we're facing snow, Geoff. Oh, my snow God. Snow. Well, well, you know, you know what? what? I do not envy any of you. <laughs> well, I'll be in, I'll be in Jamaica next week, so I'll be coming to get some of that. Uh, Listen, that I saw that, and it was. I was just like, yes, yes, <laughs> that, that that's what everybody should be doing in, in 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 December. Okay, well, I know our listeners are like, okay, let's learn about Mr. Geoff K. Cooper. So tell our audience a little bit about you. You know your journey, kind of coming from Trinidad to the U.S. And then, boom, where you took this leap now into, you know, being such a, 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 a big force in now media. And I hear you're, you're about to get into fashion. So what's going on? Uh, there is a lot going on. But this story started in um, the southernmost coast of uh, Trinidad and Tobago in a little village called Maruga. And moved me to New York um, to head to school. And that's been, it feels like 50 years. Um, and by the way, FYI, entrepreneurs, um, you, you'll understand exactly what that means. <laughs> what, what I mean by <laughs> it feels like 50 years. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I moved um, to go to school. After school, taking part in many things, I, decided, I entered into corporate America. Specifically um, through Goldman Sachs. I had some stints at the United Nations. And ended up really spending a lot of years at PricewaterhouseCoopers. It's so funny because I found um, a, a, an award that I got there like in 2008 or nine or something like that um, from the chairman, which was like a really huge thing. And, you know, you, you put these things away when you leave corporate America. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of nice kind of finding that. But I spent um, a little over about four to five years at um, PwC. And um, after that, um, you know, I had a really great and amazing epiphany and decided to kind of leap into service work through a nonprofit called the Calabash Consortium, which led me to um, really something that I've been working on for the past four years, um, which is founding um, a publishing slash consulting firm called Geoff & Co., which publishes a G Caribbean magazine and soon to be a couple other websites and other um, media platforms. So that's, been, that's the short of it. Um, I mean, I know you know the longer story, but um, <laughs> that, that's really the short of it. Um, you know, spent a couple of years well in corporate America, you know, in the rat race. 
mm-hmm. and decided um, very quickly, and I say quickly because some people spend 20 years before they make that leap, um, that um, this really was not for me. I, I think I'd gotten the training that um, I needed to move me into the next level, and I decided to just jump off the cliff. And, mm. you know, one of the things I say um, all the time when people ask me, you know, what's that about? That sounds crazy. You jumped off a cliff. I'm like, yeah, you know, you jump off a cliff hoping to, you know, God or somebody will catch you. But what you end up figuring out is that you had wings all this time and mm-hmm. you start flying. Right. So I've been flying since. Trust me, flying low, flying high, but flying. Mm. Well, let me let me ask them because I know you you love Oprah. And, you know, she's always talking about aha moments. And and going back to what you just said, jumping off a cliff, I remember when I was making the decision to leave corporate America. And my aha moment was when I sat, I remember uh, one of my mentors, who I think you might remember, uh, Mr. Jason Harper, who was uh, a partner at uh, Deloitte. And I remember in when he passed, suddenly I sat in my cubicle thinking like, you know, God, if I was to die right now, in my cubicle, is this the way where I would want to go? Is this the life that I would have wanted to live doing this? So, you know, I, you know, my background was in tax and I used to sometimes spend nights really stressed out and see people literally shed tears over tax returns and didn't understand like nobody's going to die. Like this is not (laughs) saving lives, but like, why do we get so wrapped up in this? And What's crazy is that you say jump off of off of a cliff, meaning how scary that sounds to people. But for me, it had me shaking, thinking about what if my life was taken from me? Is this the way I would have wanted to have lived it? You know, with all of this potential and and all these passions and other things that I wanted to do, like, is this the way that I would have really wanted to live my life? So it's just interesting how I had fear on both sides, but I like being fear. I like the fear on this side because it allows me to really be courageous and, and step into, you know, just so much. There's been so much amazing stuff that's happened since, you know, I've taken my leave. So what would you say was like your like moment when you knew, OK, it's time like this is it? Mm, it you know, it's, it's funny because after spending uh, um, four years, um, it was really three and a half by the time in, um, at PwC um, for most of. I guess most people who understand the accounting world, especially when you work for the big four, um, you're kind of working a lot. (laughs) Um, Quite honestly, I loved what I did. And I'll be very honest about that um, because I was good at it and I was being praised for it. And, you know, I kept getting really good reports and reviews. But there's something about that inner feeling where you're like, yeah, this looks good and it feels good for a, a minute. But mm-hmm. after a while, you just start thinking to yourself, okay, there has to be more than this. This is not fulfilling. And one of the biggest things for me is that I was very involved in um, PwC's recruiting process. And I would love, love, love getting in front of thousands mm-hmm. of students. And I know you had that simil- a similar experience <laughs> yeah. um, where they would call us out and say, hey, because you love to do this, come do this. And, you know, you'd be flying around in America you know, really speaking to people. And I loved the, 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 the whole sense of serving. Mm-hmm. And being of service to younger people. But that really wasn't it. You know, in February, I think it was like probably like 2009 or 10 or something like that. Um, well, 2010, um, I, after being stressed out, worked, overworked, loving all of the stress and overworked, by the way, um, I, I was feeling very lethargic and I decided to go check out the doctor. And, you know, uh, by that time, you know, 
I was just really tired, happy the you know, busy season was just ending for us because I was on the consulting side. And, you know, after sitting in, in, in the doctor's, doctor's office for a little bit, she called me up and she said, oh, your blood, work, your blood works crazy, you know. I mean, she didn't say it like that, but more or less what I heard was like, your blood work is crazy and you need to go see a hematologist. That took me um, pretty much to a month of blood tests and having doctors say to me, hey, you know, um, you may have a rare blood disease. And, you know, as scary as it sounds, and I can say that now, you know, the one question similar to you, um, Akila, I asked was, okay, if I should die in three months, six months or a year, is this the legacy? Have I left the legacy I felt, I, I feel as though I was sent to leave? And have I really lived? And every morning from the day I started getting those results and, you know, inconclusive results and so forth, I looked myself in the mirror and I kept saying, who am I and why am I here? Mm. And that led me to start a nonprofit really focused on serving young people, um, specifically in the Caribbean and then, of course, within the New York, sort of like Eastern um, New York East Coast area. And uh, that led me even further to really getting to the point where I recognized that you can serve in a for-profit forum and not necessarily feel as though, okay, well, you know, it has to be a charity or a nonprofit. So um, I remember a, a year or two in, we held a young men's conference. And at the conference on a field trip, this guy walked on one of the buses looking really, really, really dapper. And, you know, I said to him, <laughs> hey, dude, you look so GQ. And of course, that's an American, uh, Americana concept. You look so GQ. He looked at me and said, wow, you think I'm a bull man or something? And I'm like, um, no, that's a compliment. But in that moment, it dawned on me that um, young men, men in, 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 in essence, across the Caribbean, from the Caribbean, in often connected to the islands, really never have um, media focused on them in any way, shape, or form, be it print or digital media. And um, the idea for G Caribbean came from there. And of course, the idea for the publishing company that housed it came um, further on. But you know, my aha moment, um, you know, God bless Oprah, by the way, because, you know, she's Mama Oprah, Mama Oprah. I know. Uh, you know, I, I love to say that in my fake South African, you know, <laughs> accent. But, you know, my aha moment really came when I was placed up against a wall and had to ask myself if I should die tomorrow, if I should die today, if I should die six months from now, have I lived, you know, have I, have I, have I lived, sorry, and have I left the legacy that, you know, really God created me to leave. So mm. it, it, it's unfortunate, I feel, as though that a lot of people get to that point. Um, thankfully, I am healthy. I am well. I am whole. Um, I did not have a red blood disease. Everything was really due to stress. Mm. And um, mm. after some, you know, relaxation and, 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 and medication and so forth, I'm, you know, 100. But, mm. you know, a lot of people, I think, are really waiting for those moments where their back are up against the wall I to kind of so. ask that question. Right. And, you know, I'm grateful that I didn't, you know, it didn't turn out badly. Mm. Well, you know, I actually want to, I was going to ask Monique because I know with us, we're single. I know for me, I didn't have a family, so it was easier to make the decision to just take the lead. So I actually wanted to mm -hmm. ask Monique uh, to chime in and answer the question as well, because I know that must have been an, an even um, harder decision for you in stepping away from corporate America, knowing that you have your family also to support. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think we all have those defining moments, though, right? And when you have purpose, and everyone has purpose, and it's that 
that feeling inside that never, ever goes away. And so no matter whether you're nonprofit, for-profit, you work on your own or whatever, there's this sense of I have to do more or this is my calling or I can't stop thinking about this. And so that was what my story was. And I knew I was really good at what I did. I was really good at what I did. And I actually enjoyed what I did um, as a human resources manager. But what happened was I heard someone come in my office and say they were just hanging on to until retirement. And I said, so when do you plan on retiring? And they said 10 months. And I remember clearly saying to myself, you hang on for 10 minutes, 10 days, and maybe 10 months, but you don't um, hang on for, and I don't know if I said this, 10 years is what she said. And I text Jerron, my husband, right away. And I said, (laughs) it's time. (laughs) And I... You know, I was young and we had already had the conversation. And I remember saying, we've had the conversation with the kids. We've had the conversation with our families. We've had the conversation with each other. We've been talking now for about a year. And as scary as it may be, we're going to have to figure this out. Number one, because there's so many people who need the type of talent that I bring to the table. And I want them to be able to have that. And it, it shouldn't just happen in a corporate setting. It shouldn't happen at that stage of life. It needs to happen a little earlier. And he said, well, I was just waiting for you to say the words. And so, of course, that made it a lot easier from a perspective of being supported. But it's still scary even till this day some days uh, with the kids and all of the activities that our kids are involved in. It's money, right? So, right, yeah. you know, you have to grind and you have to hustle and you have to work really hard. But I think that every time that I think about what it is that I do now, I I just enjoy my days. I enjoy getting up. I enjoy facilitating. I enjoy coaching. And there's no place that I'd rather be. And so I'm willing to fight for it for both my family's sake as well as for the community's sake. So I, I think it was, yes, it was scary, but I, I will say that having the support of your spouse bar none makes the decision a lot easier. Yeah, I get that. Gia, so you completely jumped from account the accounting, the finance world to like now media and consulting and the nonprofit sector, which is very, very different. Like how did you know that like you had what it took to be successful in that. Cause I mean, we're kind of on the conversation of fear. I mean, yes, it's scary walking away from our paycheck to this place in which we don't know when a check's going to come or if a check's going to come. Like, how did you really know you were enough or even what you were really going to like do next? That is such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy that you, you know, I say that because honestly, I started to think to myself, did I know, um, <laughs> to be honest, um, you know, it's funny, um, when you ask the question immediately, my mind started around, okay, what's a good thing to say? But the, the truth is, you know, I honestly didn't know, but there, the one thing that I didn't know is that I trusted um, a supreme force, greater being, universal order, God, um, to really move me into this next level. I, I knew that where I was, not where, was not where I needed to be. Mm. So that was enough for me to move forward. Um, I know that may not help a lot of people, but the one thing that I did know was that where I was then in terms of the, the, the rat race, um, you know, in, in many ways, living paycheck to paycheck without really the crazy savings, because, you know, working in corporate, people always think, you know, oh, it's all this money and it's a lot of money, but it comes with a lifestyle and it comes with all these things mm-hmm. that you have to live up to. 
And quite honestly, I, I wasn't really seeing the money that I wanted to see. So, and it wasn't a financial, you know, sort of financially backed reasoning. But the one thing I knew is I didn't feel, you know, that wholeness every morning. I didn't wake up to go to PwC, to be honest. Um, I woke up saying, oh, God, I have to get this done for the next 10 to 15 hours, and then I could do what I wanted to do. Um, that's really, so I knew where um, I, I was, was not where I wanted to be, and that was enough to push me forward. Um, the idea for Geoff and Co. and Geoff and Co. and, and, and G Caribbean, you know, it, it, it simmered for a while um, because I was just like, this makes no sense. Logically speaking, why are you leaving accounting, accounting, consulting, finance to run into, you know, publishing and, 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 media, and media consulting? And it, it just excited me. And I read so much. I read 50 million books and I went to school. But I'll tell you a story about G Caribbean that, that again, this whole idea that there's a universal order moving you towards your purpose is that, I'm sorry, is that. I went to um, a, a birthday party. Um, this is before the year before um, G Caribbean, probably a couple of months before. And I remember speaking to one of the girls there, and you know, my friend was there, and she knew what I was going was thinking about doing. And this guy just came up, and funny enough, um, I was reading a deck that was like probably ninety pages long from the magazine Publishers Association of America, um, like two weeks before. And this guy came up and he started to quiz me on all these things because my friend had said to him, oh, he's going to open a men's magazine, you know, um, focused on the Caribbean audience. And he just started to say all these things and I was just, you know, giving him all the answers because exactly from the deck. At the end of the meeting, he said, oh, um, where did you learn all this stuff? And I'm like, whoa, dude, <laughs> the MPA, um, the Magazine Publishers Association. He's like, oh, mm -hmm. is that that deck that's, you know, magazines, like 2008 something? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I wrote it. Oh, by the way, um, we're hosting this amazing conference next week and award ceremony, awarding all the editors and magazines in the industry. Um, why don't you come? I was like, well, don't think I can afford it. He's like, no, you're, you're my guest. I don't mm. think, you know, I, I, th that is enough to say, okay, you're supposed to be in this business because yeah. I did not know that he worked there, nor that I was going. I, I went to a birthday party. Like, seriously, I just went to a birthday party. Went to the conference and... He was such an angel that he sat me amidst Esquire, Details, GQ, and a couple other men's um, interest media magazines. And I was there with editors, with publishers, and quite honestly, I did not even have a physical magazine. I didn't even have the website yet. Mm. And here I am sitting in that room and saying to myself, okay, God, I hear you. This is where I'm supposed to be. And that was a confirmation that this was the direction I should I, I should be taking. Mm. I I know about those God moments in, in in taking the journey and stepping away and not really knowing what's next and not knowing how you're gonna pay for something and, and a check comes and you know not knowing you know where you're gonna have something mm -hmm. and then the location is secured that <clears throat> There is so much power in just jumping in and and not really being concerned about how it turns out, but just really standing in that you're more than enough to, um, you know, make it happen. And that I know for me has been I'm always surprised at at every time when I say that I'm going to do something or embarking on something new, how it comes to pass and just really standing in the vision and how, you know, it's the, the universe just aligns and, and, and God sends everybody that you need to really 
uh, bring the vision to life. So I say that to, to ask, like, who has supported you along the way? Because I know for me, as independent as I thought I was before this journey, I realized that you can't do anything alone. Like there is so much power in partnership and in having a support system. So who's really been your support through this? And I know some people probably thought you were crazy. So you can kind of speak on that too uh, before uh, this. But like, you know, who have been, I guess, your supporters? And I'm sure you've had some naysayers too. Uh, tons of naysayers. You're crazy. This makes no sense. You didn't go to school for this. I mean, I went to school for business, but you did not go to school for this specifically. Um, in terms of supporters, first and foremost, you know, I think... The universe has been my biggest supporter, and you know God and the universe. When I, when I, when I, that's what I mean when I say that. Um, you know, I, I'm really grateful though for the people around me. You know, you Akila, um, you know, very much included in that in a major way. You know, one of those people that have been a cheerleader, and you know, you can do this, you can make this happen. And one of the things I love about you know not only supporters but sponsors and people who are angels in your life, you you know, my family, um, and, you know, there are a lot of people that said to me, this is not going to happen. And, you know, when we published the first magazine a couple of years ago, you know, they were just dumbfounded. Oh, it looks so good. Oh, it looks like GQ. It looks like I this. I mean, it really did look amazing. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. You know, you, you hear all the time when people say they're going to start a magazine. It actually reminds me of, like, when I first met my boyfriend, and I was telling him about... Um, my program and he went to look at my website and what he was expecting. There's something about when someone's first starting something, how your expectation isn't really high for it. And when he saw it, he was like, oh, wow, like she's really legit. I'm not going to lie. When I saw your magazine, I, I expected a lot from you because I know you're an overachiever and you, you get it done. But that magazine, I mean, was like exceptional. Like, I mean, second to, to none. Like it, you couldn't tell you didn't have a multi-million dollar budget. Thank, thank you very much. So, I have you know, to second. I, I have to second that for sure. <laughs> she showed me when I first came to the office. She was like, "No, you have to see it," and I was like, "Oh, okay." You know, no, you really have to see it, and showed it to me, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Oh, look at this high color. Like, you know, it's just it was amazing." So, kudos thank for you. that. No, mm -hmm. Thank you, and thank you to the team of people behind me. Let me tell you. Enrolling people and the, the whole idea that there is power in partnership is real. Mm -hmm. um, it is so real. Um, you know, you may have a vision, but trust me, your vision is aligned to many other people. And you need to find those people and move together. That's really what I know for sure um, in terms of this. Like, you know, G. Caribbean, when it was first published, you know, it looked amazing. The, the same printer and many of the same tools and resources that, you know, the major publishers of the world use, we use. So... You know, in essence, we we were really sure of what we knew it would be. It would look right, um, mm -hmm. but the editing, the art, the, the the designing. I'll give you a story about how I found our art director. Um, I remember I wanted to I wanted to go to the Caribbean because there's mass talent and creative people, and I felt the need to find somebody who could really bring a Caribbean aesthetic, a sophisticated aesthetic to the world. So I went and I had this meeting with this guy and waited like two months, and then he came back to me and said, "Oh, I don't think I can do this." I legitimately wanted to cry because I'd put in so much work um, at that point in time. And I remember I was going in the car from the meeting with him. And then my cousin called me up and said, hey, what's going on? I'm like, dude, this dude just messed up. I mean, I've been having so many meetings with him, calls, you know, emails. And he just more or less said he can't do this after more or less committing to it. And my cousin says to me, this literally happened as soon as I stepped out of the meeting. I was in the car leaving. Um, he said, oh, I have a friend who just left his, you know, his company. He used to work for Saatchi and Saatchi, um, major advertising agency. 
Um, he was like their creative director, and he's looking for a project. That is who our art director ended up being. So, you know, it, it, I, I say this and I keep mentioning things to really show you how powerful it is to put ideas out there into the world and that the universe, you know, one of the things that, you know, Mama Oprah says <laughs> is that, you know, the universe um, really makes room for you and it really works for you if, if, you, if you believe. And mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, leaving PwC was a big thing because I remember, by the way, I had to do the CPA. So there's so many stories um, because, oh, you have to do the CPA. And I'm like, I don't want to do the CPA. Uh, you have to do it, though, if you want to get promoted to the next level because I'd already sort of gotten that, you know, tapped, oh, you're promoted. But I'm like, I want to be this. Oh, you have to get the CPA. I remember buying all the books and just looking at the books like, I, that I know I don't want to do that. And praying to God that, honestly speaking, something will come up whereby I would just have to leave. Mm. And that ended up happening. And it's, again, how powerful you are within the whole situation. So, you know, in many ways, I say that to say is that you have power in every situation. You may not see it, you may not know it, but, you know, the the power to recognize where you are is not where you want to be is one of the most powerful things. Because then you can move in a direction, be it forward or backward or side. Um, so, and, and then you see how the universe starts putting people in your path to make what you're working on happen. So, you know, in terms of supporters and, you know, I think it's really finding good hearted people, um, or rather good hearted people finding me such as yourselves, ladies and, and, and my family and the support. One of the things that I really am so grateful for is that I had, you know, a family support, not necessarily financially, but people who did not say you can't do this. People who did mm. not say, oh, you know, they did say, oh, that sounds crazy, but I was never held back. And nothing yeah. in that, so it didn't crush that was your dreams. It, 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 it yeah. didn't crush my dreams. And I speak to the people who are listening that may not be working on something, but know somebody who's working on something and you have influence in their lives. Don't crush their dreams because honestly speaking, you are put there to lift and support, not to break down. Yes. So, definitely. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I, there's so many people that I have to say thanks to the team, the G Caribbean team, the, the G of Co team, the Calabash team, the people you, Akila, you, Monique, you know, people who just, <laughs> even if it's just words of consolation and words mm-hmm. of encouragement, it means so much. And, you know, these are the supporters. Sometimes, you know, the little things, sometimes to some people, you don't recognize it, but the mere, the mere thing of saying, hey, this looks good or, hey, keep it up. It's going to work out. Mm. That, that does tons more than you think it can. Right. So I want to go back to the magazine cover because I remember when I saw the magazine for the first time and like your first cover, you know, had Marshall Montana on it, which is like, he's a pretty big deal. And there is a certain level of audacity that you have to have to do some of the things that you have done. So... Where did you like get the courage to to take some of these like bold risks and like reaching out to celebrities in a in an environment where like you're you know you're young you know I know myself um, and, and stepping into different arenas and being young and you know not being well known but still not being afraid to you know introduce myself or to make that bold request that like others won't make you know because you know, just feeling that, you know, they're almost like not worthy to, to be so successful so soon. You know, sometimes people will feel you need to wait a certain time. You need to pay your dues before you can start doing certain things. And what I loved and what was so inspiring about your magazine is you went 
from the very beginning. It's a Caribbean magazine. You know, I'm going to create a Caribbean, you know, current icon on my cover. That, where did that come from? Let, you know what it is? It's really um, an amalgamation and a, an accumulation of many pieces of courage. <laughs> it's not <laughs> this, you know, particular thing. Um, it's been part of organizations being um, such as, you know, National Association of Black Accountants, kudos to NABA, um, kudos to, you know, the schooling and the institutions that we've had, the people around you that really say to you all the time, hey, you can do this um, and give you those skills that are professional development skills, you know, networking. And, you know, we did a lot of that, by the way, Akila, um, in terms mm -hmm. of helping people overcome the fear of introducing themselves. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to practice what um, in essence, I learned and then was preaching. Um, so the courage really came from, again, you know, that knowing that this was the time for this and I was the only person in front of me as an obstacle. So if I wanted to make this happen, I had to go boldly in front of folks and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing or what I want to do. I believe you can benefit from this. And I believe you can also bless this. Um, hey, you want to work together? And we've had a couple no's. You know, one of those. Yeah, I was actually just about to ask you about this. So, yeah. how do you deal with being told no? Because that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are scared of. Because you really got to get out there and, and be in the, the the constant act of like selling yourself, selling your business, yes. and not being afraid to be told no. And a no could be a very devastating thing for people. So, like, how have you dealt with that? The nose, um, honestly speaking, uh, being very pissed first and foremost, because <laughs> you're spending so many, you're spending so much of your time and energies trying to make your pitch, trying to make sure everything to support that pitch is in place, and then you make it, and it's like a no. So th there's that immediate, okay, you know, bit of disappointment. But what I've recognized is that the nos are not so much negative things. It's really more, um, I would say, cues and direction pointers saying, not here. It's not necessarily, no, it will not happen. This is not the place it will happen at. This is not the person it will happen Will Go to the next one until you get there. And I think one of the most powerful things, and this actually happened to me two months ago, I was listening to uh, an entrepreneurship um, podcast, and this guy was speaking about you know, being an entrepreneur and being in business. And he said, you know, I take it, and this is him speaking, you know, he says he looks at business as a boot camp. When you go to a boot camp, you know you're going to hustle, you're going to grind, you're going to have pain, you're going to be in the mud, you're going to have to pull everything within you to make it to the end. He said, if we look at business and the things that we're doing like that, when those no's and those muddy areas comes or when it's that you have to really pull all the strength you have in the world, you, you know that's what is required and it's okay. So that has really changed and shifted my perspective in terms of the nose now. But beforehand, it would really be, you know, that, you know, confidence in that what I am doing is needed and is beneficial. And, you know, if you don't want to be a part of it, you know, I'll see you again, mm. you know, and the tables okay. may turn, but maybe I'll be coming back to you with something that may appeal to you at that point in time. So it's really for me, it's always been about perspective. And I've learned that at a very young age. It's really all about how you look at things. No doesn't necessarily mean, and, and, and honestly, this is really how I look at things most times. No doesn't mean that this will never happen with that person or with that thing or at that time or at that place. Mm -hmm. It just means it would not happen now. So don't, you know, spend all your energies and time there. Move on to the next. Um, right. In terms of the courage and, uh, you know, the, the, the courage for me, 
you know, Maya Angelou, God bless her, God rest her soul, you know, one of the things that she always says, you know, courage is, you know, the most important of, of all virtues. Without it, you can't really practice any of the others. It, you know, it's, 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 you have to have confidence in yourself and what you're bringing to the table. Because if you don't have confidence, people aren't going to believe you. That's right. Because it, it, it really just means that you don't believe yourself. So, you know, and that for me has just always been something that from a young age, I've always really been very sure about, you know, if I know I'm doing something, if I've done all the work and the reading and the research and I'm putting something out there, it's not going to be, you know, shoddy. It's, it's something I believe is going to happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to pitch, but I have to be honest with you, there is always fear. Mm. There's always fear in introducing yourself to somebody new that is more powerful than you or that's an influencer. But you know, fear for me, the fear has, the fear will always be there, you know, but it has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to do something. You have to do it regardless of the fear. Yeah. And then when the fear shows up, you're like, okay, I get that it's fearful, but I got to do this. Let's go. Yeah. Hi, my I, name actually, I actually want to um, ask Monique to chime in here because in speaking to just the audacity and fear and, and courage, I mean, Monique's taking some really big steps in being from Omaha, Nebraska, and taking a leap and coming out to New York, you know, to work with me with I Am Beauty. I mean, um, how have you been able to do that, Monique? Um, you know, I think it's interesting because the way that this all played out in the first place is still, <laughs> still crazy. It, it's still crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and, from everything from people saying, but you don't know what to expect to this, to that, and, and the other. I think what, what was really important for me was I've constantly looked for partnerships. And I feel that if you have partnerships, it lightens the load and it makes things less scary, right? The fear is really not going to ever probably go away because as soon as you get to that big goal, you dream bigger and you dream bigger and even bigger than what you ever imagined, you know, in years to come. And it's with technology, it makes it easy. It makes sense. I mean, we have some of the same visions, some of the same goals and you just have yeah. to make it happen. Now we like got a radio say, show. Yeah. Right. You, you just have to make <laughs> it happen. And yeah. while we don't always know what the next step is, we, we can plan all day long, but then there's a bump in the road or there's this or there's an unforeseen challenge. We figure it out. And I think I've always said if I could find someone who's just willing to figure it out just as well as I am, then we have to be able to do something yeah. big, right? So it's yeah. just it's just believing in yourself. Like, like GF said, it's having that level of confidence, that presence that when you walk into a room, people ask you the questions of, you know, what are you doing? Or you ask them, how can I help? And they trust that you can. And that is my constant force is that I'm doing all of this because there are other people who need me. This is purposeful. This has nothing to do with me. It's so much bigger than me. I knew that from day one. And if I can have someone else to walk with and take the journey with when it comes to business, then let's go. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm glad that you had the courage to come up here because I don't know if I would have had the same courage if, if, if <laughs> the shoe were on the other foot to like go to this new territory where I don't know. So like that's huge and it's and it's inspiring. It and I'm is. just grateful um, to to have you and, and, and just how much has been created, you know, since we've been able to partner. So. I just want to ask, like, you know, even to both of you, you know, starting with Geoff is like, what lessons do you say you've learned in taking this journey, like if you could do it all over, maybe what would you do differently? 
Mm, good questions. <laughs> good, good, great questions. That's what Lessons. I do. Um, the first one would be do it, get in the game quicker, faster. Mm, okay. Um, we spend so much time cogitating and thinking and pondering and researching oh. and quite honestly... Analysis paralysis, yeah, right? Analysis paralysis, indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is indeed the diagnosis for a lot of people mm-hmm. and most people actually. And the thing is, what you think you're producing and bringing into the world and creating and the vision for that really switches up when you really start practicing and getting into the practical of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would really start a lot faster. Um, for those people, for example, and, and, and let me sort of give an example of that, um, I would have actually started doing, even if it was a blog, while I was at the PwC or um, you know, way before thinking about leaving. Because it, it would have allowed me to learn um, and experience the actual sort of business of, 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 of media and so forth. Um, and allow me to switch and change and tweak. Um, when you get into the habit of, oh, you're researching and reading and you haven't really gotten in and started, you really lose um, a lot of opportunity to um, switch and tweak your vision to really match the actual, the actual the, the vision that you, you, the, you don't even know that's coming your way. So as I mentioned, you know, I'd started in um, the nonprofit space with Calabash, and you know, we're still doing some great work there. But that led me to the business side of it. And now, for, in, in, to be quite honest, you know, I'm serving a lot more people than I was um, within sort of Calabash, and that was interesting to me. So I probably could have started doing things that was more media specific um, had I started a lot sooner, versus spending six months reading sixty books. Um, <laughs> or, or speaking mm-hmm. to a lot more people. Right, Another right. lesson um, I'd say is uh, beyond just starting and getting to the doing of what you want to do is uh, be, be a bit more fearless. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is that you know, the fear is there in many times and it keeps you from getting to what you need to do. Um, be fearless and just put yourself out there. You know, I'll say this not necessarily within a business context but just life. You know, over the past couple of months, I've seen so many of my friends, young people, and I've had so many people around me sort of pass away. And mm-hmm. the one thing I've realized is that it's so crazy. We spend so much time thinking about how we look and how this will look and how what we're doing would look. And the fact of the matter remains, if we should die today or tomorrow, back to our initial sort of like, you know, thought yeah. um, on, on making that leap, it really doesn't matter how it looked because you, you did something. You placed yourself on the line and you put yourself out there and you did it. So it would be be fearless and just do it and just start doing it. Um, but also be smart. And I think we've all been smart, you know, Monique, you, you Akila, Monique, and myself in terms of when we left and what we left and making sure certain things were in place. But we could have been. <laughs> yes. I, I agree. Much smarter. I tell people all the time, like, if I could do it all over, I would have saved for, like, a year. So, like, I know friends now who every time they get around me, they're like, oh, my God, I wish I could, I wish I could, you know, be like you and, and, and you know, have my own schedule. It's like, you know, I wish that I would have gone back and been able to, you know, have a year of savings and not have to worry about it, especially when you're jumping into something like you were saying earlier, starting as a nonprofit. 
when you're starting a nonprofit, there's going to be a whole lot of money that you're putting out and it's not going to come in for a while. You know, once you do your whole 501c3 status and, you know, looking for grants and looking for sponsorship, that stuff does not happen overnight. So it will take a while for you to be able to take care of yourself. I spent a lot of money the first year and luckily I had some savings, but if I was planning to leave, I definitely think I would have, you know, saved for a year. So I tell people that all the time. Like that's the the smartest piece. And definitely starting off with as soon as you get an idea for a vision, nonprofit or for profit, do a business plan from the very beginning. Some of us think we're smarter than that. I think I did because I had my little accounting and economics background. Like I had the business plan in my head. It really does pay to actually sit down and do the work and find out what your competitors are, make some goals, you know, budget like all that stuff. So I'm just throwing that in there. Two business planning. You are the one that said to me, G off our business plan. And I did one for G Caribbean, by the way. But I'll tell you, sometimes it's not even about you and the business plan as much as it's about the vision. Because as you start the business planning, you are able to articulate what's in your head and realize how much crazier it could be or how much greater it could be or how crazy from a bad perspective it actually is. So... You know, it allows you to really articulate and tweak, again, getting into the business of doing it, than just thinking to yourself, you know, hey, I'm going to do this and it's in your head. So that's a great, great, great suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would just definitely agree with that. And I think, Geoff, you took the words right out of my mouth when you talked about your first point um, of just getting started. You know, we do research a lot. We do ask a lot of questions, but that's that little bit of doubt that's kind of creeping up all the time. And so mm-hmm. it becomes sometimes an excuse and it does paralyze us from moving forward. Um, and, and I remember waiting for the perfect time and I thought I had enough saved and I, I did have quite a bit of saved. And then here comes some unforeseen circumstance in the household and then there you go your year of savings is now six months of savings and you know so on and so forth so I don't know that there was a perfect time that I could have left but I would say that if I had told my daughter what my vision was a lot sooner then I actually would be a lot further on because if I if I let her guide me because Mm -hmm. she doesn't have the fear she says mom why don't you just go do that I mean I walk up to people all the time and they're like your daughter told me about your business huh you know, wow. and it's like, what? <laughs> you know, she passes out cards. I didn't even know she had some of my business cards at a point oh in time. And so the, the idea that the conversation has shifted in our house in such a way that my kids are catching on and they say, mom, let's just set a date. Let's just do it. If I operated from their stance where they don't have fear, they don't worry about how many people are going to show up to something. They don't worry about if it's going to be perfect. They don't worry about a typo. They don't worry about if it's in color or black and white, if it was done perfectly on social media or not. They just say go. And I think we have to use some of that childlike spirit because we already have the vision. We already have the tools. We already have the talents. We may not have all the financial resources. And so we sit back and we say, but but what if? And um, that caused me to do what I call credential chase. And for a while after getting my bachelor's and then getting my master's, and then I said, oh, but I need this coaching certificate. And oh, I need to be certified in this. And oh, I need to be that in this. And before I know it, a year has passed and I'm still credential chasing. But nothing had taken place, but I was getting prepared in my mind. But then I realized one day this lady told me, she said, what are you waiting for again? 
oh, and how many people ask you about all those pieces of paper that you've chased around and done all these different things? I'm a proponent for education, but I think sometimes it's that informal education or it's that life experience that brings about the education. And so I would say we just need to listen to our gut and listen to our heart a little bit more and follow that that spirit of the child that just guides you and, and God that says, go, you know, and, and try. It's, it's like, it's not about trying. I'm going to do this because so many of us are like, ah, I'll give it a shot next year. I'll start in 2016. What can you do today to set yourself up for the vision that you have for tomorrow or 2016 or 2018 or whatever it is? Um, just don't stop. Just don't stop. That, that's, that's great. Honestly, I, I absolutely 100% agree with you, um, Monique. Absolutely. I'm sure we all probably definitely have a cohesion about that. <laughs> yeah, or no, just get it done. It's, you know, it's so amazing that you mentioned a child because I think that's what it is. If you know, we would really humble ourselves like children and just be, you know, fearless and forget about what it would look like and really do the work immediately. No matter how it turns out, you did something, mm-hmm. you know, and you really made use of the time that you had. I'm trying to think of like, other things right off the bat. And, you know, there are a couple of things, but mainly for me, it's really that. It's really just being, um, being very aware of what and who you are and what you want to bring to the world and get about the business of doing it. I agree can you, with you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yep. we can hear you oh, now. I think my headphones like went on mute because I was trying to. We have one minute, so we have to wrap up. Thank you so much, Gia, for sharing your journey with our listeners. Uh, please let us know how we can find you online. Yes. Um, thank you, by the way. You're most welcome. This was amazing. We may need a part two, by the way. No, but, we, we, uh, we will. How can we find you online? You can find me online at, um, at G-E-O-F-F-K-C-O-O-P-E-R. So that's Geoff K. Cooper. And that's all my handles on Twitter. Um, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Geoff K. Cooper. Um, and yeah, you'll definitely find me by typing that in Google. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you for our listeners for uh, being with us this evening. You can find out more information about our show by going to keepingitabeauty.com. Send us your questions, your topics. If you want to be our guest on our show, you can connect with us there. Also, go to our website, uh, iambeautyinc.com. We have a coaching program for women as well as a team program that will become our next cohort. will start in January, so go check that out. So again, thank you so much for joining us. We will be here same time, same place tell a friend next week and I will leave you with this quote from Mandy Hill to live to truly live we must be willing to risk to be nothing in order to find everything to leap before we look good night everyone and thank you so much again for joining us be beauty good night